If I wanted to speak, I had to leave. My freedom to speak meant more to me than staying in that job. My name is Michelle Tafoya, and this is my story. I am a daughter, a mother, a wife, and now a podcaster, Sideline Sanity. Well, I was fortunate enough to be born to um, two parents who raised our family in Manhattan Beach, California. Their work ethic set a standard for all four of us kids. We had to earn our allowance. We weren't just given our allowance. We had chores. When you're the fourth in line, that means everything you wear, everything you have is generally passed down from the kids above you. And I think that shaped a lot of me because I wanted some new stuff (laughs) as a kid. I wanted to get a, a toy that was uniquely mine or a pair of jeans that was uniquely mine. And I realized in order to do that, I was going to have to earn my own money, earn my own way. And so I started working at the age of 11 or 12, watering all the plants for my neighbors when they went on vacation, taking care of their pets. I had a paper route when I was 13, and I was really ambitious to be able to control my own life that way, to have my own income stream. So I didn't have to just look up at my siblings to see where the next t-shirt or dress was coming from, that I could do some of the materialistic things that I saw some of my other friends doing. And so it was instilled in me from a very young age that this is how you get the things you want. When I was little, I wanted to be an actress. And I was a drama queen. I loved to pretend I was people that I wasn't. And I thought that was going to be the greatest thing ever. And I went all through school doing drama and playing roles. And as I grew older and I saw the world for what it is, I realized there had to be a practical element to my life. So as I went on and I went to college, I studied journalism. And I was a massive sports fan. And I started to see women like Leslie Visser and Robin Roberts and Hannah Storm on television. And I thought, I know I know as much as they do. I can do that. I really can do that. God, that looks like really a lot of fun. I mean, you're now talking about marrying my two loves, sports and, you know, being a performer of sorts. And the bite I got was in Charlotte, North Carolina to do sports talk radio. It was radio, it wasn't television, but I said, I'm gonna start, I gotta start somewhere. And so I took it and that was the beginning. People usually work local television and then get promoted to a network. CBS Sports had just lost a ton of properties and a lot of their talent went with it. So they were looking for young up and coming cheap talent, (laughs) sign me up. And I went and I had, an, you know, not an audition, really, just an interview. And the next day I had an offer from CBS Sports in New York. I left there after five years for ESPN and worked for and got a job on the lead crew of the NBA. And I get this call from the producer of Monday Night Football at my house one day. I'm just, I'm at home, the phone rings. The next thing I know, I'm introduced as the new sideline reporter on Monday Night Football with Al Michaels and John Madden. And it didn't really hit me until my husband and I were sitting at home and the TV was on in the background and it was some news. And I turned, my husband goes, look. And down on the little scroll under the news, ABC announces new sideline reporter, Michelle Tafoya, on, on a news, like a national news thing. And I, and I was like, 
this is kind of wild. So I think for me, that was probably it. And then I think winning my first Emmy, which I didn't think was going to happen, was another sort of, you got to be kidding me. I was 37 when I got married. And I had a miscarriage. And the first time you have a miscarriage, you think, everyone has a miscarriage. But I thought, gosh, I hope I can get pregnant again. And I did several months later. And I thought, yay, okay, it's going to work this time, you know. And I had another miscarriage. So, okay, let's do in vitro. So we do in vitro. And the first time we do it, we got one embryo out of all of it. One embryo. You know, I think most people get four or five. We got one. The embryo was implanted, and it split. So now I had identical twins going, okay? And that was sort of like, whoa, Nellie! Identical twins. We were in Hawaii, my husband and I. was probably close to three months, close to that end of that first trimester, and I felt something was wrong. Miscarriage number three. And you're losing two. So we went back home. I was there covering the Pro Bowl. And I called the producer and I said, I just lost my twins. I want to go home. Can you find someone else to do my job? And they were great about it, and they did. And so we flew home. And I remember coming into the dining room, our little tiny dining room one day, and I saw my husband sitting at the dining room table all alone with his head in his hands. And this was my support, my optimism, my guy. And I said, what is it? He said, I just wonder if we're going to get the picket fence. You know, that ideal little life with the family. Funnily enough, we were in Hawaii again, this time for the NFL owners meetings. And I was exhausted. And I thought, this time change is killing me. My gosh, this sun is so hot. I am, I'm exhausted. We get home from that trip to Hawaii. We're still waiting on the donor eggs. And I realized... Huh, I'm a little late. Took a pregnancy test. I was pregnant. Now, I had no reason to be optimistic about this. I had just had three straight miscarriages, once with twins. There was no reason to be excited. But you could not bring me down that day, and I can't tell you why. And nine months later, I had my son. After that emotional roller coaster, which I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy, My husband said, well, now we get to adopt. Now it's not we have to adopt. We get to adopt. So we started. When my son was six months old, we started the process. When we went down to pick her up, she was three and a half months old and needed open-heart surgery. (laughs) But it was okay. We didn't know that when we headed down there. And we went through with it. And she is the most healthy, happy smiling, funny person in my life. And I can't imagine it any other way. And we have our picket fence. I remember my mom, who was very emotional about all of this because she hurt for me as much as I was hurting. She saw me going through this. She knew I wanted children so badly. And after we finally had these two kids, she said, Tyler is your miracle and Olivia is your gift. And I thought, that's, yeah, that's who they are. They're my miracle and my gift. 
I pity the person who has gone through life with no adversity. Because through work comes growth, comes accomplishment, comes achievement, comes joy. Yeah, sometimes comes a lot of pain. But as my mother-in-law says, it's not win or lose, it's win or learn. And even in agony, there is something to learn. And through agony, I found my family. There's just so much to be gained. And I'm not talking about financial, I'm talking about wisdom and courage and strength. And as the years continued to go by and I continued to cover sports, outside of that world, I was paying attention to politics, to policy, to where we stood on the world stage, to history. I really started reading a lot of history and there was a lot of perspective to be gained. And I realized I wanted to preserve the freedom and the liberty and the beauty that is America for my kids, for the future. And the more divisive things started to grow, 2016 and 2020, I just couldn't keep silent anymore. I was frustrated and I respected Sunday Night Football as an enterprise and I respected NBC and I knew that if I said anything too controversial, it would reflect on those entities and I didn't want to do that. So, um, if I wanted to speak, yeah, I had to leave. My freedom to speak meant more to me than staying in that job. And look, I'm one of the luckiest people in the world to do what I did. But there was something bigger out there that I needed to tap into or wanted to be a part of. And I don't know what kind of impact I can have, but I can't settle for having none. And so I quit. And yeah, as people said, you're crazy. And I said, okay. Okay. Maybe I am. But you know what? I, I, I have to do this. Life is short, and you want to make an impact, and this is something I have to do. I just have to speak up. So I've started a podcast, and I'm trying to use my voice. There's too much going on out there that calls for us to say, enough. I'm not being canceled, and I'm going to speak up, and I'm hopefully going to give others courage to do the same. I've got a message, and it's pretty simple. Find your courage and use it. That's what I'm doing. And I'm not going to apologize for my values because I've looked at them really closely and I know they're wholesome and they're good. Thank you for watching this video. To keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation.